Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Business Podcast. I'm Amanda Eulenkamp, bringing you more interviews with the local entrepreneurs using Guernsey's Innovation Hub as a springboard for success or as a base for their work. My guest this month is Ellen Armsden, an entrepreneur in the truest sense of the word who, together with her husband Dan, runs Credentials, a software platform putting seafarers in control of their data. She and Dan used to work on super yachts, and it was this experience that led them to question why there was no one place to keep information, contracts and certificates together. Credentials was born from spotting a gap in the market, and now their software platform enables people in the maritime industry globally to collaborate by digitising processes from which they can improve compliance, safety and well-being. Talking to Ellen was exceptionally interesting, and not only do she and Dan run a business, but they are full-time parents too. So let's find out what makes this busy yet inspirational lady tick. So Credentials is a software platform which is seeking to um, make the the life of maritime administrations, employers and businesses easier by giving them a way of managing seafarer data. So I appreciate it's it's a bit of a a strange thing to sort of try and understand. So really what we try and do is use an analogy and typically we use the analogy of PayPal. So where you've got... um, uh, all your data in, in one place so that being your your bank details your card details so that when you go shopping online you can press the pay with paypal button and it will automatically pull the data from your paypal wallet into the merchant's um, system so we're doing a similar thing for seafarers um, and relating that to their career related data so all of their personal data that they would require for employment plus all their certificates and qualifications and you talked to me earlier that you've got uh, clients in Singapore and all over the world. So how, how does that work? I know you have a legal background, so talk us through that side. Yeah, so I, um, I'm i a qualified English solicitor. I've worked um, at OSIA um, for the last 14 years, 16 years possibly. Um, so when we moved back to Guernsey, I was lucky enough to be able to qualify as an English solicitor with OSIA. I acted as their general counsel for uh, about nine years. So I bring sort of the the very sort of commercial, legal and data protection stuff that I was lucky enough to learn at OSIA to the credentials business because obviously we're holding on to uh, a decent amount of, of personal data. The seafaring side, um, the reason that it's really important for people to be able to have a copy of their own data is that seafarers are highly qualified and the maritime industry is really highly regulated. So there are specific rules about what qualifications you have to have to have a particular role on a particular vessel. And that will depend on how big the vessel is, where it's where it's trading, where it's cruising. In terms of international maritime regulations, that's Dan. So my co-founder, well, one of my co-founders is also my husband, Dan. Uh, he's got a significant history in maritime um, operations, so crew management. He headed up the team at um, Sanya Yachts doing uh, crew management for, for about 10 years. So he knows absolutely intimately the details of what certificates people need to be able to fulfill particular roles on on the vessel so really sort of Dan and I kind of bring those two things together to be able to um, create this 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 wallet which once we've digitalized a lot of the data that is held in these certificates we can drive really well what we think is quite exciting sort of compliance functions so verifying that this one person has got all the necessary qualifications to fulfil the role of the the master on this, you know, seafaring uh, vessel, um, in, internationally trading vessel. So that's where we sort of bring the, those two things together. 
And it was a bit of a light bulb moment, wasn't it, when you when you developed credentials? Um, because, as you say, you've got a legal background. You, you've actually both worked on super yachts, haven't you, for a number of years. And you were saying to me earlier that uh, Dan was trying to pull together lots and lots of PDFs and stuff. And suddenly you thought there must be something better. Yes. Um, so it was... Uh, an onboarding that Dan was was doing for for a client, so for the um, the size of the vessel was about sort of thirty five crew, and the the process um, was collecting a lot of data by PDF forms, by Word, looking at everybody's individual certificates, extracting the data, typing it into various systems. So we figured there must be a better way of doing this. There were a couple of things that we we realised we that could be done better. Um, one of which is uh, what we did for our proof of concept was actually building a piece of technology to scan a maritime certificate and extract the data. So certificate number, expiry date, or issue date, name of the issuer, creating the digital data from that paper certificate and then sort of driving lots of digital workflows from that. So we looked um, in the market to see if there was anything similar. Um, and whilst there was systems for extracting data so things like google vision um you can so we're using ocr which is optical character reference but there wasn't anything that then linked the data that came out to the maritime regulations so we've kind of built that um that part did either of you have a background in writing digital programs that's a very good question. Um, no, Dan loves a bit of Excel and kind of thinks that there's like a bit of coding that goes on in there. And so I'll leave him to that one. But we were very, very fortunate to be introduced to um, our third business partner and co-founder, um, who is our technology and software lead. So we gave him the brief that we want to be able to take a piece of paper and be able to scan it and extract the data. And he basically said fine I'll give it a go um, and he achieved it within budget so we'd set sort of aside a budget to be able to build this proof of concept we were very fortunate that James could do it um, and we were even more fortunate when we said basically we've run out of money um, but we want to work with you would you just take a slice of the business instead and he said yes because actually money is is a huge topic but you, you can have all the ideas in the world and the the greatest thoughts and seeing gaps in the market but unless you can get funding to support that you're actually not going to get very far are you so uh, for any entrepreneurs who are in that situation they've had that bright idea just talk me through how the funding side of your business was was formed yeah so dan left sonia at the end of 2019 um and he set up a consulting business doing sort of super yacht crew um, consulting work so that kind of kept the lights on at home and I still had the the job um, as a as a lawyer with, with Ozier so we we were in the fortunate position that we could sort of fund it for a little bit ourselves um, by sort of making adjustments and things to to our sort of home life and lifestyle but the actual once you kind of made the decision that this is now what we're going to do and you realize that a software business is incredibly capital heavy at the beginning because you've got to build this thing to be able to prove that it's going to work before you can obviously start charging customers to, to use it. So we've been in the fortunate position that um, James, our software partner, came in um, as, a, as an owner of the business. So we've kind of managed to keep costs really low there. If we were trying to outsource, it would have been hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. We, um, we would dread to think how much. That being said, 
and we have bootstrapped the business for the first sort of two or three years, we have been able to raise some uh, angel investing, um, which we've been very fortunate that we've managed to find it in Guernsey. Uh, there's an incredible network of people that once you start the conversations with people, they can and will happily introduce you to other contacts that they know, other people that they know have sort of invested in, in early stage businesses. Um, we're very, very grateful that we're, we're in Guernsey that we've we've been able to sort of tap into that market. So we raised our first slice of investment in December 2020. That kept us going throughout 2021. Um, raised a little bit more during 2021 because we knew that we were sort of starting to gain the traction and starting to see um, what we could build with the um, with the the investment. Um, and we've just closed our seed round now, um, and we've got enough to keep us going until quarter four this year. Um, but obviously we're starting to sell the product, starting to get income from that, which is is fabulous. Um, and we'll kind of continue on the income generating and investment uh, raising um, as we need to. The other thing we've been very fortunate about is we, uh, towards the end of last year, we were picked up by uh, a business called Plug and Play, which is a, an absolutely massive, great business um, based in, in the US, but with satellite offices all around the world. And they are, I kind of like to describe them as a matchmaker. So they have corporate partners in particular industries, whether it's aviation or healthcare or banking. And plug and play act as the matchmaker between those corporate partners and clever, smart startups in in those industries. So we were fortunate enough to be picked up by plug and play in Singapore as a smart startup. And they introduced us to uh, a corporate partner in the maritime industry in Singapore, we went out there for an event at the end of November and from that we've had significant interest from venture capital firms and what we call corporate venture capital firms which is the, the venture capital arm of a sort of a large established business which is sort of doing whatever it does in its own industry. We we have been very fortunate that we've had these contacts and it's sort of it's grown and it's expanded from from just Dan and I in our kind of little office at home um, at the end of 2019. And looking back, you there's no way when you start that you can actually imagine where you're going to be in one year, two years, three years time. And whilst the challenges change, you kind of adapt to them. And so some of the questions that we're kind of having to deal with now, if you'd asked us them in sort of two years ago, we would have had absolutely no clue how to answer them. But it's just incredible what you learn along the way and I think Digital Greenhouse have actually been very very supportive as well haven't they yeah they've been brilliant so when um, Dan went self-employed he took a desk um, at Digital Greenhouse which was just brilliant um, I've worked from home uh, for a fair amount of years um, so there wasn't quite enough space for Dan to also work from home and we were really grateful to have the option of Digital Greenhouse because being able to just get a he had sort of a sort of a permanent desk himself as opposed to sort of the hot desking it worked really well and just being introduced and in that environment where you've got lots of different diverse people where and actually those are kind of the the circumstances where innovation just happens doesn't it um there was sort of events that we we've attended through them and we were also lucky enough to be part of the Veyon Awards um again towards the end of last year so it was a busy couple of months in, in November and December so very grateful to the Digital Greenhouse for putting on events um, and also things like the, the Veyon Awards, which I know was an incredible amount of work and um, an effort by, by the team there. And just uh, tell our listeners 
what you were nominated for in the Vaillant Awards? So we were, uh, so we applied for and were nominated very happily for both the Innovation in Technology and the Disruptor of the Year. So they were sponsored by PwC and C5 Alliance. Uh, we were even more fortunate to be shortlisted for both of them and then um, win both awards at, at, um, at the event in, in November last year. And that's a fantastic credential when you're actually looking for new business, isn't it? Because you've got, you know, it, it, it just proves that people in industry are supporting you and believe in you. Yeah, it was incredible, actually. So Dan and I went along to, to the event um, at St. Pierre Park when the hosts were sort of introducing the businesses. And uh, I think it was John Fernandez was describing the judges' comments on our business it was just, it was a real kind of pinch me moment that you've got these these people independently looking at your business model, what you're trying to do in a really sort of a tricky marketplace and really tipping a, an industry on its head. And they completely got it. And it was just, it was, it was, it was absolutely brilliant having kind of that third party endorsement um, and being able to then be able to sort of share it all on social medias and there was obviously the Guernsey Press had done um, articles about it after the event um, that was that's absolutely brilliant because it gets people talking and the amount of people that we would just bump into and they might not have commented or liked the post on LinkedIn but they went oh you know brilliant really pleased to sort of hear how it's going and it's just it's that conversation starter. I think it's interesting for Guernsey PLC to have all these innovators, all these entrepreneurs, because we are known and, and our main business is finance. But actually, there's so much more going on in the island than we perhaps we at first realised. Yeah, and um, and uh, Charles the um, from from Blenheim Chalcott, who did the the keynote speech because they'd been the sponsor of, of the event. He his speech about why Guernsey is innovative was absolutely brilliant and sort of why we're why we're disruptors and we've got this environment that fosters innovation and kind of it allows you to fail if you need to because if you're not allowed to fail you're not even going to give it a go um so I think we're, we're very grateful to be in Guernsey this is where I was born and brought up Dan spent his teenage years here and we're we're here because this is our our home and anything we can do to make Guernsey sort of known for innovation it's absolutely it's, it's brilliant it's exciting um also Guernsey is great to have support industries so, so such as compliance um legal firms etc to support those finance industries and of course um if you are an entrepreneur you've got those great ideas you suddenly hit that ceiling where perhaps you need more staff or you've got to start taking on payroll um, obligations, you've got to look at perhaps your marketing, you've got to suddenly pay the electricity bill, you've got to pay, um, you know, make sure that the social insurance is paid, etc. What is that stage when you realise that there's that growth moment? Mm. Do you outsource? Do you have to learn new skills yourself? What, what did you do? Oh, that's a really, really good question. And it's one that we grapple with pretty much daily. Um, so the admin tasks just of running a business um so things like the it um setting up microsoft 365 luckily that's all been done because i don't think i would have the the patience or, or the technical knowledge actually to be able to do that but it's an incredible amount of work to do and when you're on a budget it's not as if you can get the support services in to to help with that so a lot of businesses are very keen to sort of help startups which is is great but there's always that sort of hesitancy to kind of try and go 
get a freebie or a cheap rate any, anywhere else. So we've tended to do a lot of that ourselves, but we are getting to the point that one of our advisors had sort of said, you need to be able to work on the business, not in the business. And that's kind of a sort of a key inflection point is we need somebody to be able to do, as you say, it, the payroll. The tricky thing with the, with the payroll is we've got a, a sort of some very lovely stuff that can actually help us with that. But when you're in a small business, it's actually quite tricky to sort of pass payroll on to, to one of those, those people because they're, they're all sat in the same, same office and um, with, the, with those people every day. So there's certain things that we can sort of ask other members of the, the team to do. But fundamentally, it's still sort of coming down to the founders to do the things like um, finding a premises, buying the milk in the morning, all those little things. So what, what does the future hold for Credentials? I mean, you, and also, I mean, when does a startup stop being a startup? That's another million dollar question, isn't yeah. it? Because you, as you said, companies are happy to lend their expertise either for free or mm. at a reduced cost. But, you know, 10 years down the line, they're not going to be viewing you as a startup. So that you've obviously got to budget for those costs. But also l- look at where credentials goes and I know it's it's a digital business and Guernsey is very much a headquartered business but is it uh, an app that can roll out into other industries it's mm. currently done for seafaring but what if, what other industries could benefit so the reason we went for the maritime industry first is because that's where our expertise lay um, and we really believe that actually kind of being able to be authentic in an industry is really important for a startup and particularly a tech startup. But since day dot, we realised that the technology that we've built is pretty much industry agnostic. Um, and there are some really exciting things that we could do in pretty much any industry that relies on certificated or qualified people or even assets. So we're thinking the obvious one would be aviation. Um, there's also construction, medical, dental. So we, we've got uh, we've got some significant opportunities, but for the moment we are we're maritime first, and we really want to nail the maritime sector because it is absolutely humongous. You know, you've got estimates vary, but it's at least two million qualified seafarers that work on internationally traded routes add into that the cruise ships the ferries the fishermen the people who work in port authorities it's an incredibly large industry to um to to capture our now and we're sort of we're making really great strides in in doing so once we've got to a point where we feel that we've not done everything we can in the maritime sector because obviously i don't think you'd ever get to that point but we will be looking for for people to partner with that can bring the expertise in from the different industries. Is it something that could be franchised? Do you think? Yes, it, that's been part of uh, part of the conversations from a again from a very early early stage. We've all of the technology um, is owned in Guernsey by our, our Guernsey business. And there's a couple of different models that we could we could look at if we were going to do in different industries, whether that's sort of a joint venture with somebody or a, a franchise, or we just continually incorporate more companies to do in in different different verticals. So we haven't kind of nailed down what and how, but we've certainly got the ideas about what we could do. 
And it's interesting, isn't it, that entrepreneur businesses that really fly, excuse the pun for the seafarers, but we're going to look at aviation, but those entrepreneur businesses that really fly are often based on a really simple idea. And your idea was was literally, let's put all this data in one place. Yeah. But have you had any challenges in mm. taking that to market? Uh, you know, are people saying, well, we don't actually need this because we have got... 15 PDFs behind the scenes, etc. Um, the company owns the, the company paid for all the training. Why should the seafarer have it? Again, that's a very good question. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of, I'll deal with it in a sort of a couple of stages. So we really believe that having a user-centric piece of software, so focused solely on the individual to whom the data relates, has got to be the most common sense way of kind of structuring sort of a a data management and sharing um, platform. The existing businesses in the maritime sector who basically touch a seafarer throughout their career, so whether that's a recruiter, an employer, a vessel manager or vessel operator, they've all got their own systems and one seafarer can have their data in multiple of those systems. So what we're trying to say is kind of flip this on its head instead of a seafarer having to provide you with the data emailing it to you provide filling in your form we don't expect to get rid of all of the software that these businesses are currently using because those software also do lots of other things sort of vessel operations and um, uh, voyage optimization and things but what we're saying is that add credentials as a layer on top of your existing software to basically gather the seafarer's data verify it if you need to, and then sort of funnel it into your your own systems to do whatever you want to do with on on the on a day to day basis. The really unique thing about our system is that we've basically, well, I say we. What I mean is is Dan and James is <laughs> managed to build this brilliant system that there's actually a live link between the data in the Seafarer wallet and the data in the sort of the onboarding platform and the management platform. So if you update your data once in your wallet all of your connections are notified and then they get the option of sort of syncing the data through into into their systems. You've also got the sort of the, the, the two-way on that. The businesses can actually add documents into people's wallets. They say, for example, they arrange training, which very often happens both on shore-based um, businesses and, and seafaring, is they'll arrange the, the training and they'll have the certificates. Instead of putting it in the business's version, Okay, they they will need to keep a copy, but actually give it to the seafarer, give it to the person who this qualification actually relates to, and they may may well need to use this for future careers, future jobs. Um, so, the challenges we've had, um, and this is probably one of my favourite challenges, is that a lot of existing businesses are saying, but if we put all of this seafarer data into this system and then give the seafarer technically a copy of their data and all their qualifications and all their career history, are we not making it easier for them to move on? So go and register with another recruiter, go and get a new job. And really, we love that challenge. And it's probably one of my favourites that we get is because actually once you start talking to these businesses about what we're trying to do and the fact that this is somebody's data and there should be no better quality of data than the one that sits with the individual, that this is the right way to do it. Give the give the data to the person to who it relates. You've got better quality data. And yes, it might mean that they can go and register with a recruiter or an employer, but that's actually a good thing because if the only reason they're staying with you is because you've got their data, it's kind of a bit of a golden handcuff situation. 
So once you're talking to a client and, and you've overcome those challenges, it's getting them on board, isn't it? And you've been really fortunate or, or perhaps luck is not luck doesn't necessarily come into it. You've been very canny in getting one of the most well-known and respected businesses in Guernsey in that field as a client. Yes. So we've been very fortunate that um, Backman Group have been a great supporter of us since, since day one. So I appreciate that a lot of your listeners will know what Backman Group do, but I'll just give a quick explanation, is that a lot of the vessel operators around the world won't actually directly employ the crew themselves. They will outsource it to sort of a, a specialist service provider. And that's one of the many uh, services that, that Backman Group provide. So we've rolled out credentials to, to Batman Group. Um, they're using it on a daily basis. We're getting some great feedback and we're very grateful for, for the support and the relationship ongoing that we've, we've got with, um, with Batman's. Guernsey as a hub, um, there are some brilliant businesses here um, doing what Batman are doing. So we are in a brilliant place to be able to rolling it out, rolling out our solution um, to these, these early, early adopters and early supporters. Um, but as you, I think we mentioned earlier, the the market for this is is global. Um, so we've got contacts out in Singapore who are interested in using it. Uh, south of France, Mediterranean based uh, businesses, UK, sort of a couple of inquiries from from the US. So there's literally there are no sort of barriers to to who and where which jurisdictions we can can roll this out to. We talk about business relationships, but actually sometimes it can be quite difficult to work with your partner, live with them, work with them. Any tips for anyone listening and <laughs> thinking, mm, I, we could have an idea together, but not sure how it would work? That's a very good question. Um, so Dan and I are lucky that we've actually worked together before. So when I left uni about two decades ago, which is quite scary, um, one of my first jobs out of, of uni was actually working on super yachts with with Dan. So he was actually, and I'm going to admit this, um, that he was actually my boss on the boat. Um, we were a couple before we sort of moved onto the boat, but um, for the last sort of 20 years, I've kind of denied any knowledge of him having been my boss on, on the yachts. <laughs> um, so we lived and worked together from a really early stage um, and in really cramped conditions I, I don't know if anybody's kind of watched below deck um on I, I don't know which channels it's on but it's kind of the life of sort of super yacht crew um and the size of the cabins that's actually real life it is a very very kind of intense and small place to to be working and living um so we sort of we'd encountered that challenge really early on in our relationship but the, the second boat we worked on it was just Dan and I um so he did sort of all the driving of the boat and I uh, was pretty much everything else sort of the was doing the cooking and the stewardessing and the deckhander um so when when we came up with the idea for credentials and we'd been talking for years and years about sort of different ideas that we wanted to to do and once this one kind of came to light it was just sort of sheer excitement that actually we found this thing that we really think is going to be amazing for the industry and also a, a business that we can can run ourselves. Um, I wasn't heavily involved in the first um, couple of years because of a, an existing job, um, but I've been on board full time since was about a year ago now. And actually, we've learned so much in that in this year about how we work together. I think we've both found um, sort of a newfound respect for each other's work, not just what we do, but how we do it, because we, we work in very, very different ways. 
my desk is a complete tip. His is kind of absolutely pristine. Um, so I think having that sort of fundamental respect that they might not do things that the way that the other person would want to, that's absolutely vital. Um, and also, this sounds terrible, what we've realised is actually we need to have at least a day a week where either he's working from home or I'm working from home. But that works for us now because we've realised that actually that being next to each other in an office for sort of eight, nine hours a day and then the evening and then the weekends was... It was getting sort of a, a, a bit too intense, really. And actually, you get to the point where you don't you don't have that kind of general chit-chat about your day when you get home because you've heard what conversations they've had. You've been involved in sort of two or three of the conference calls or you you understand what the challenges were that they've had during the day. So really, there wasn't that ability to kind of actually debrief. Um, so we've, you know, we've, we've made a few few tweaks, but it's just about being very good at communicating um, and, and having that respect, really. That was Ellen Armiston from Credentials, who demonstrated how such a simple idea can become an entrepreneurial success. As we continue with the series, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we've heard, what it's like starting a business in Guernsey, and any questions you have for the local entrepreneurs who are already working hard to turn their business dreams into reality. You can email me on aulenkamp at guernseypress.com or find me and the Guernsey Press on LinkedIn. Till next time.